Welcome to the biggest, the baddest, the best, Rick Saratella Podcast Show. Back at it again, RIC in a place to be, Rick Saratella here, all access with a very special guest as we uh, count you down, it's officially draft season, we've turned the page, we've turned the calendar, we've got Senior Bowl Executive Director Jim Nagy, of course, longtime NFL scout, uh, Washington football team, Seattle Seahawks, Cleveland Browns, was it? Who, who am I missing there, Jim? Patriots, Chiefs, Packers. <laughs> okay. So you you two decades in the NFL. What is it? Five years going on the Senior Bowl. And we've got the Senior Bowl official watch list coming out this week. Congratulations once again. Well done. Uh, appreciate the time. I've seen you all over the media doing big things and, and uh, doing a lot of appearances here. Yeah, yeah, got to got to talk about that watch list and uh, appreciate that, Rick. But uh, yeah, the watch list, as you can imagine, man, you're you're living in this world, too. I mean, just the what the portal um, has done, putting together a list like that. <laughs> so uh, and then the extra COVID year. So, you know, we've 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 really been under 500 on the watch list over the last few years. I think the COVID year we put out a, a, a 250. Um so we had 720 this year, and that just seems like a ridiculous number. Um, but it's because all these guys are going back for that extra COVID year. So we tried to trim it as best we could. And then, uh, you know, we like to give these these uh, schools kind of a heads up of what players are going to be on the list. And uh, so they can crank out graphics, right, and help, help us promote the thing. And uh, we get, we had about five responses from from schools that, like, yeah, this guy's no longer with us anymore. He's, <laughs> he's at a different school. So – um and our our staff worked really hard man like our our in-house guys our our dfo i mean they were they were googling every school bio and and i mean they did everything they could possibly do to make sure that list was tightened up and there's still guys that jumped in the portal late on us and we <laughs> slipped through the cracks so uh it certainly wasn't it wasn't an easy project but it's it's always cool to push out it's a never-ending process like i don't think people understand how much work goes into it and a lot of people say oh i want to be a scout i want to be an evaluator and it's like well do you want to sacrifice your summers because i mean like take it peel back the layers like i know in february we're putting together preliminary lists around combine time for the following uh, uh draft class and then this year like i'm still updating some some rosters as we speak and I go back and I, I look at the February list and I'm updating uh, the August list. And like, if the guys are not even there anymore, it's just, a, it's a full-time job really. And I think we're living in an era, really, if you look at since your tenure at the senior bowl, like you look at the last five years with the college football playoff structure, the NIL, the transfer portal, the realignment, like the whole college football landscape has been turned upside down. And to your point, it's been lending to these, super seniors i know last year at the nflpa collegiate bowl we had about 30 players jim uh maybe a week or two out from the event return back to school for these little nil 50,000 150,000 come play another year i'm curious did you guys have a similar response like did you lose a lot of invites last year to guys that went back for nil deals yeah rick we did um yeah, it's certainly a year-round thing. I was speaking at something in Pensacola the other night, and the, this guy was like, yeah, I told him what I do. And he's like, oh, is that a full-time thing? And I was like, yeah, it's a full-time job, man. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we did. We lost We lost a, a decent number of guys. Um, you know, we invited some guys that, that didn't 
accept the invite because they knew they were going back, like Bo Nix at Oregon. Um, and then we had some guys committed. Uh, there was one morning in early January where Ruka Rororo and Tyler Davis from Clemson both called and said they were going back to school. And then Fabian Lovett at Florida State, another defensive tackle. So really we had three interior D linemen on one morning and that at that position that 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 was a hit you know like in in early january um so it's i mean when people ask me the impact of nil i really do like it for the players in the sense that um for a long time guys were making decisions based off you know some family situations right they helping mom keep the keep the lights on or the water running um and it may and it, and it probably wasn't a great football decision for the player but you know they felt like they needed to do it so they jumped to the nfl and in a lot of those cases, they didn't pan out. They needed another year in college, and and now they can stay. Now they can now they can use that extra year to get better, stay in the weight room, work on their technique. Um, so that's a that's a good thing, um, but it has it has definitely created um, a lot more players and a lot more movement. And you know, for us, just a lot more work. You just got to stay more on top of it. Yeah, I think uh, it's basically become college football free agency. I was re I, I, I was I was reading somewhere Ohio State now has like 50 full-time personnel uh people like 16 dedicated player uh personnel scouring the transfer portal and and just you know these positions and roles didn't even exist uh several years ago I'm curious to know like have you had to create new roles or additional staff for the senior bowl when you put together a list like this or in-season scouting, keeping up with the transfer portal and, and such? We we haven't like tweaked our process in terms of our staffing. I do think, you know, kind of big picture in this football space, I do think that's a good byproduct of it, Rick, is that you're seeing a lot. I mean, right now the, the NFL is trying to skew younger when it comes to, you know, scouts. And so you're getting some guys that are, you know, my age guys I came into the league with, you know, in the early, you know, early 2000s, late 90s. Those guys are kind of getting squeezed out of the league right now. So this is kind of nice. This is I've, there's a lot of guys that are getting jobs in the college space, which is which is a good thing. Um, but no, and we actually just lost someone from our staff last night uh, that took a job, you know, that, that's leaving us to go take a job at a, at a power five program, an SEC program. So um, I guess that's a, that's a good thing. But, yeah, it's it's really because they're having to keep up now. They're going now they're going to more of a pro model, you know, where where, where an NFL team has a college department, a pro department. Now these high schools, because the portal, they have the high school scouting and now they have a college, you know, portal scouting. So um, it's creating more jobs and that's a good thing. Yeah, it's fascinating, really, when you get down to the uh, details of it. But let's talk about the Senior Bowl watch list that was just revealed. 700 plus players. Now, I know it sounds like a lot, but there's going to be players that pop up during the radar. So what does it mean to the player that runs to the seniorbowl.com website. They're scrolling, they're scrolling. They don't see their name there. Does it mean they're automatically eliminated? I know at the NFL PA ball, I used to tell players, well, hey, if you're not on the watch list, it doesn't mean you can't work your way onto the watch list. No, that's that's absolutely right. Um, and 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 we put that kind of at the, at the top of our, on the page, if you go to the watch list, it says that. I mean, these players, it's, it's just a starting point for us. Um, we've had guys that have come off the watch list every single year that, that end up in the game, not just like I mean, we're going to look at we're going to relook at everybody. So, um, you know, trying to put a put a list out, got to narrow the names down somewhere. We had kind of a great cutoff. Um, you want to include some of the small school players in it for sure. 
And uh, but no, we're going to relook at everyone. It's going to be a clean slate. Really, senior tape is is the most important tape. So um, yeah, I, I hope I hope no players out there are discouraged by it. We are going to put our eyeballs back on everybody and and uh, you know start start from scratch here once we kick off here on Saturday. Yeah, and one thing I do appreciate that you do is you are very conscious about the small school prospects. You have uh, Saturday posts dedicated to the small schools, and you've done a wonderful job, and I appreciate that just because I've been fighting for those guys for, it seems like, forever. And I love uh, the story of the underdog, getting guys that are under the radar, which leads me to my next question because you talked about it. Like you're going to have guys that aren't on the list. I'm curious, you know, is it frequent, like – I know uh, in our scouting calls, we were like, we, the, the, the phrase was like, I got a guy and you get excited because I mean, we're a different nature of the beast. We're scouting day three priority free agent guys. It's a little bit harder when you're kind of trying to target the top 100 guys. But like, I know the first scouting call, if I was in the senior ballroom, I'd be like, Hey man, first of all, great job. We got a lot of our Rutgers Scarlet Knights on the list. And then the next <laughs> thing I'd be saying is, Hey, what about my guy, Eric Rogers? You know, I talked to the coaching staff over there. He came in after the uh, pro days in the spring, after the scouts came in and did their visits. Well, here comes Eric Rogers out of Northern Illinois. Now he was there for some spring ball played in the spring game. He's going to probably start six foot, 200 pounds. I'm going to be pounding the table to try to get that guy in the game. Like, how frequently or how uh, infrequently do you get a guy that isn't on the watch list? It, it happens a few times every year, Rick. And that's the, I mean, in, in, in our scouts, you know, they take a lot of pride in that too. You know, I mean, that's their nature. I mean, that's how we were all brought up in the business. I mean, he, that's how you make your name as a scout. You, you bring yeah. a guy to the room that, that, that uh, you know, not many people have heard about and you, you know, pound the table, if you will. And, hopefully he ends up with your club and he becomes a good player. I mean, that's, that's how you start, you know, build, building the pelts on the wall, if you will. So um, yeah, it's, it certainly happens, man. And that's, uh, you know, that's the importance of having a, an established staff and experienced staff for us. And, you know, we've got these now it was 11 former NFL scouts. Now we're down to 10, um, but it's their relationships. And we just had a zoom call last week. And I stressed that with those guys, like your relationships are a huge part of this. So, you know, we don't have the budget for you to be on a campus every day. I mean, we're not a billion-dollar NFL franchise, not even close. So, you know, we'll be at games every Saturday. And when you're at the games, like, reconnect with your NFL guys, see where they've been, ask them, you know, is anyone popping up? I mean, there's always the one-year wonders. I mean, that's been the nice thing about the portal is you get a guy that's stuck in a situation where he's not getting an opportunity or in a wrong scheme, and he goes somewhere senior year, and, and, and it's the right fit, and, and you see what the guy's capable of. So, um, you know, it's just, it's, I, I tell those guys like work the phones, call your, call your NFL guys, call your college coaches. Let's just stay on top of this because there's going to be, and, and people ask all the time, Rick, like, how do you find Quinn Miners at Wisconsin Whitewater? Or how do you find Ben Barch at St. John's in Minnesota? Like you can't take any credit for that. I mean, that's, that's truly just guys in the NFL, you know, long, longstanding friendships, guys just calling like, Hey man, you, you should probably look at this D3 kid or. You might want to look at this Division Two guy, Lenore Ryan. You know when it was Kyle Duggar. Um, so it is. It's just. I mean, life's about relationships, right? I don't care what you do. I don't care what walk of life you're in. It's just about relationships. So, um, yeah, our, our scouts will definitely be looking for those guys that are off the radar. So true. It's really a relationship business, and you. Can, it's something you can't teach as experience. You mentioned. You know, you've been kind of a springboard for guys in between trying to get back into the league and. Um, did you cross paths with Terry Bradway at Kansas City by any chance? 
No, but we not in KC, but Terry and I know each other real well. We were just texting the other day. Um, okay. I was listening to NFL Series Radio, and uh, Rich Gannon was on that morning, and he had just been, I want to say he'd been at Villanova practice, and he was talking about being there and Terry Bradway being there, and Terry was the GM when when Rich played, um, so they knew each other. So I just I reached out to Terry. I'm like, man, your guy Rich Gannon saying some good stuff about you. I, I hadn't talked to Terry in a while. Uh, but he's one of the best, you know, and now he's got two of his sons going in the business. And um, that's the, that's really the part people ask if I miss working in the NFL. And that's the part I miss is just showing up at a school every day and you never know who you're going to cross paths with. And it's kind of a brotherhood once you get out there. And um, so I do, I do miss that. You know, guys like Terry, guys like Terry make the business great. Yeah. Well, I, I bring him up because I was at Villanova, by the way, Um I just saw him yesterday as well. He's all over the place. And so like when I, like I scout the scouts. So like when I'm observing, I'm always trying to learn. And Terry's a guy that, you know, I've been fortunate enough to to pick his brain a little bit, but I've noticed and correct me if I'm wrong, like it has really slanted now. Uh, I'd say over to like the last 10 years or so to, it was kind of half and half to like almost like 75%, if not more, are just hiring information gatherers, right? And guys like Terry are are kind of farther and few in between from what I've noticed. Is that accurate? Are you seeing that as well? Is it is you mentioned the NFL is going younger. It's kind of like the role has changed though. It's not really like, hey, it's great if you can go evaluate talent, but let me program you into our system, our way, and go collect the necessary information that we need to really make the decision ultimately. Are you seeing that? Yeah, I don't know about the percentages, Rick, but I mean, I tell our our young scouting assistants because I lean on those guys heavily here. Um, I really value their input. You know, we try to train them up and, and they watch tape with me a bunch. Uh, but I tell them when you go to the next level, I mean, forget about that. No one's going to care what you think about a player for a long time until you, until you really prove it. So, I mean, we all think we can evaluate, um, you know, but, but when you get to that level, you're going to lean on your more experienced guys. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, your GM and your head coach have to be able to go back in the system and read reports and see a track record that, you know, what you're looking at. Right. Um, so that, and that takes years that takes, you know, three, four, five, six years of drafts for them to be able to go, go back and be like, you know what, you know, Jim, Jim kind of knows what he's looking at or, or, or Jim really doesn't know what he's looking at. I don't know. Um, but that's what it is. So you really, so when you are a quote unquote, when you, when your emphasis is on the character part of it, Right. Like you better crush that. You know, I mean, that's when I was with it, when I started off in the Patriots, my first few years in, in New England. I mean, I, I knew they weren't leaning on me for the evaluation. So, you know, my whole thing was just to dive in on the on the football character and the and the makeup of the player and, and know everything about that guy, because I was always driven by like kind of like a fear of failure almost. And, and that like if I said a guy was a certain type of person in draft meetings and then we draft him in April. My fear was coming back the following December once we'd been through that rookie year with the player and having Bill or one of our assistant coaches grab me in the hallway and be like, Jim, this this guy's nothing like you said he was going to be. Or, you know, you know, like you said he was going to be this and he, he's really this, you know, and and uh, so that that always drove me. And if you do a good enough job doing that and you show your job is important enough to you, like as you're growing as an evaluator and making your mistakes, I mean, teams are going to be patient with you. So that's always the best advice I give to our guys when when we push our, our young guys out in the league is like, you better bust your butt on that that information gathering, if you will, because that's going to buy you that's going to buy you patience 
with with your head coach and your GM as you develop and grow as an evaluator. That's great advice right there. I mean, anybody who aspires to be in this business or just starting out in the business, the, the background stuff, the character, the medical. And I think that goes also too. like when you're cutting your teeth in the business, you're trying to make relationships and, you know, you go up to a random scout, an established scout. And, 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 you know, if you have a nugget of information that maybe they didn't previously know, guess what? You might, you might command some instant street credibility and that's, that goes a long way. So great advice there. Um, I do want to get into the 75th anniversary team, which is going to be very special, but we're talking about scouting. I, I, I got to ask because um, Jim, you took an event that was very good and really made it extraordinary. Seriously. Um, I think it went from being a game to an event. And so like I'm studying all these successful people and like, you know, you want extraordinary results. You got to do extraordinary things. Like what, what, kind of motivated you to make this a week-long event outside of football because like the regular football operation scout just wants to come in evaluate talent pick a roster but you've really created something special here with the parades the events the 75th anniversary team I like the touch where you're not going to have repeat uh, achievement winners so you're going to honor a whole new class of players and let's be honest this just generates interest right this just increases uh, ticket sales, by the way, are online now. You can go to seniorbowl.com and get your tickets. I already made my uh, my book, my trip for, for Mobile already. But like when you came into this job, uh, how much have you achieved in the last five years and how much is there still yet to go? Uh, man, thank you for saying that. Um, I'll say this. I stole this from John Schneider um, in Seattle when we were at the Seahawks. I mean, his his mantra to our scouting staff was, was let's do this better than it's ever been done before guys. Like you would say that all the time. Let's do this personnel thing better than it's ever been done. And that's really when I interviewed for this job. I mean, that's, that's kind of what the basis that I went off is that it's been like the senior bowl has been a great game forever. So I don't, I mean, I, it, it's, just, it's been, they've done a great job here, but, but there was room to grow. And again, a lot of it was the marketing of the game. You know, one of our biggest points of emphasis was, was not just showing up in like, the beginning of January and, you know, putting some stuff out online and then, and then go away after the game. Like we wanted to live 365. I think that's probably the biggest thing we've done is just using social media to uh, be out there every day. I mean, I've, I've posted something on Twitter, I think every morning for the last almost five plus years on Twitter. You're consistent, um, my friend, you're consistent. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's just putting information out there. And really, I've tried to, you know, use my 20 years in the league to educate people about the scouting. And and really, the, the biggest thing when it came to the Senior Bowl was like, it was always kind of the whole all-star thing to me was always shrouded in secrecy. Like, people would be like, well, who do you like? And how do you find players? And how do you do this? And I'm like, why don't we just pull the curtain back on this thing? I mean, people are interested. Why don't we just, why don't we put it out there? Um, and so that's what, that's what it's been. And then, you know, just the vision behind the week. Um, you know, we just wanted to grow this thing. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, we wanted to make this where it was something outside of our region that people would want to come to. I mean, we, we've always had a lot of media last year. We credential like 1100 plus media, but we want to bring more fans down to the area. It's a, it's a great event. So yeah, like the concerts, we had Nelly last year was our concert last year. We're working on a, on a, on a new uh, act for this year. The 75th is going to be huge. We can talk about that, but but that's what it's, you know, it, 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 to me, Rick, it had to be more than just the game. And we had to live more than just like a month out of the year, a couple of weeks out of the year. We had to leave. We had to live year round. Yeah, especially the transparency is amazing. 
the the year-round presence is incredible and it's a necessity because like it's so expensive to run an all-star game which i i do want to get to the 75th anniversary team but i gotta ask like what is the hardest part for you being the executive director of the senior bowl like what's the single most difficult challenge of the job um that's a great question i i, I would just say wearing all the different hats man honestly um you know, when you're scouting, you, I mean, you, you're, it's a hard profession and it's a hard lifestyle. You know, you're on the road 200 nights a year, you're away from your families. There's a lot of sacrifice. That's quite frankly, the reason I, I jumped at this opportunity was because we were living here in Mobile. The job came open. My son was getting, getting to high school and playing football and basketball. I didn't want to miss all that stuff. So, um, but, but you, I mean, you're going to schools, so you're watching players, you're talking to coaches, you're writing reports. And you're going to the next school, right? So, but with this job, it's it's what we're doing right now. It's it's the media part of it. It's public speaking. It's the sponsorship side. You know, just managing people, managing budgets, different events. Of you know, so there's there's just a lot. There's the kind of the different hat wearing, um, and really and really the time management probably, and where you're allocating your time for all that different stuff. Yeah, it was it was probably the probably the biggest challenge for me. Uh, and you know, the first couple of years I was drinking out of a fire hose, like my, my first, uh, like the first week on the job, I take the job and there's this big, there's this big charity fundraiser down here, really great fundraiser every year. Um, and they bring in college coaches. It's like a college football kickoff. It's in June, the first week in June. I mean, they've had, they have Nick Saban about every other year and, and big time coaches. The year I spoke at it was Sark and Kevin Steele and all these guys. And, um, they bring some members of the media, ESPN people. Well, I take the job and they're like, yeah, we, we've had Phil Savage book for this event. And it's in the Mitchell Center on the campus of South Alabama. There's about, you know, over a thousand people at this event, 1200 people at this event. I, I have no experience public speaking, man. Like, I'm, so I get up there and they're like, you have to do this event. Like you're, you're the senior bowl director. Now you have to do this. And uh, so I get up there and I, I get to the podium. I'm like, I, I kind of introduce myself. Here's what I've been doing. I'm like, so I've been, I've been driving around the country by myself the last 20 years. I've been sitting in a dark film room by myself for the last 20 years and sitting in a hotel. So here we are. So, <laughs> um, so if I'm not very good at this, I apologize. But uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a big learning experience, but it's, it's certainly been a lot of fun. And um, you're not going to grow in life, right? Unless you get uncomfortable. And, and I've been plenty uncomfortable over the last five years. No, that's great, man. I, I love to, to hear this and learn. And uh, that's what we call <laughs> baptism by fire over here at the Jersey yeah. Shore. So uh, Jim Nagy here, Rick Severtella, All Access. Let's talk about the 75th anniversary team because that is really going to be a sight to see. And I know uh, our good friends, the NFL Players Association, is going to sponsor the present presentation. Talk about it. Yeah, so a big opportunity for us, right? 75th, big one. Um, they picked a 50th team, as you mentioned, you know, years ago. And, uh, you know, that was a great team. The quarterback was name at the running back room was ridiculous. It was Bo Jackson, Franco Harris, and, and Walter Payton. Um, so we're talking about some of the all-timers. But like you said, we're not going to repeat that group. We're just going to take players that have played in the NFL from 98 to 2023. So it's going to be a who's who. It's going to be an awesome list. Um, you know, I'm just guessing like quarterbacks are like Marino, Favre, running backs, Curtis Martin, Ladanian Tomlinson, Sean Alexander, Fred Taylor receivers like Tory Holt, uh, Terrell Owens, um, Heinz Ward, I mean, Chad Johnson, I mean, they're on and on and on. 
Um, but we talked about doing a fan vote and we're going to do that. It's going to roll out September 4th and, and all that stuff is fun. But when we were talking internally with our board, I'm like, we have to get this team to mobile. Like it's one thing to have a fan vote, name a team. Um, but it's a whole different level. If you can actually get all these guys to mobile, all these gold jacket guys to mobile. So, um, when we started to look at it, we're like, well, that's, you know, 40 guys on the team plus their significant others. That's 80 flights. That's, you know, we're talking 40 plus hotel rooms. And yeah. so we're going through, we're like, wow, this, this is going to be, this isn't going to be cheap if we want to do this. Um, and so we were, we were actively looking for sponsors for that. And then, uh, you know, the NFLPA reached out and, uh, and said they wanted to be involved somehow. And we're like, wow, this is kind of a perfect marriage. So yeah, they're going to come in and they're sponsoring kind of our 75th gala this year. So they will, uh, they'll have a Jersey patch on game day for recognition um, they'll have a, uh, this, our 75th logo, which includes the NFLP and it's going to be on the field on the 25 yard lines. But, um, so it's going to be great, man. They're good. They're, 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 they're going to help us connect with these players too, because I've got a lot of phone numbers in my phone. I don't have all these guys, so we're going to have to have a way to connect with these guys, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. We're, we're going to do a gala on Friday night. Our players are going to roll in the Mardi Gras parade because we do intersect with Mardi Gras again this year. So a real Mardi Gras parade is going on Friday night. With about 150,000 people downtown Mobile, our guys will roll right before them. The, the, the Mardi Gras Association that's going before us um, is letting us go. So our players are going to go first. We're going to get done with that. And then the gala is going to kick off at the Battle House Hotel. And then we're pushing the concert, which is usually right after the Mardi Gras parades. There's parades again on Saturday night. Well, we're going to have our concert downtown Saturday night after the game and after the uh, Mardi Gras parades are over. So, I mean... I know from an outsider looking in, I grew up in Michigan. I knew nothing about Mardi Gras. I'd see it on TV. It looked cool. Um, but if you're one of those people that loves football and you, you've kind of seen the Mardi Gras thing, you're like, man, that looks fun too. Um, this year's this year's Senior Bowl weekend, is. there's no better time because you can come down here, um, see all the best players in college football, see these 75th anniversary guys, and then uh, get a get a really cool taste of Mardi Gras as well. It's going to be an extravaganza bonanza for any football fan. If you want to get in the game, seniorbowl.com. You can get tickets. You can get the whole experience, get up close and intimate with all these players. And we're going to wrap it up. I do have to ask one more question because I'm curious to get your philosophy and maybe we don't know, but like, it's, it's curious to me, like every now and then a guy kind of, I, I don't know if, if, if it's the right phrase slips through the cracks, like, I don't know. Tank Dell to me created such separation, explosiveness off the line of scrimmage. Uh, went nowhere near where I thought he was going to get drafted. If, if I had to like use a similar case study, I remember, and I think you were there at the time, uh, Terry McLaurin, not too long ago, right? Like he he yep. put on a clinic. Like it was embarrassing. Like he was beating corners, helping them off the ground, and then like coaching them up why he just beat them one on one, right? And then like. <laughs> You know, he gets drafted like nowhere near where he should have gone. I, I'm just curious, like, how does a guy dominate senior bowl week and then like come draft day, you're, you're like left scratching your head? You know that there's always those guys, Rick. I mean, there's always there's guys every year where I'm like, man, I thought he was going to go higher. Or, you know, frankly, we don't invite anyone that I don't think is going to get drafted. And we have a hand. We have a bunch of guys that go undrafted every year. So and that's because. You know, there's medical stuff we don't know. That's what my predecessor, Phil Savage, warned me about. He's like, Jim, your draft is in November, man. Like, it's it's hard. You don't have the, you don't have the combine medicals. You don't have the combine testing. Um, so that's why I always love when, when the 53s are, when they do cut downs here in about a week, 
to see all our undrafted guys make teams. That's always that's always one of my favorite days. But but yeah, like here's what I'll tell you about Terry because that one didn't didn't make a lot of sense either. Um, you know, Terry, even for us, man, you got to remember, like the number one receiver at Ohio State that year was Paris Campbell, who uh, went in the early second round of the Colts. Terry was the number two. Now he had these, he had pretty good numbers there, but he was kind of the number two guy. There wasn't a lot of buzz around him. Um, you know, he was he was kind of he wasn't near the top of our wide receivers. Quite frankly, I mean, he was down in the middle middle part of it. And uh, you know, part of our process, and I've, I've you know, like, I'm transparent. I've talked about our process. I mean, we. We, we scout all the players and then at, at the, you know, the beginning of November, once we have the board set kind of where our scouts feel good about it, you know, we go, we go position by position with over half the league. I'll get, you know, GMs and personnel directors on the phone, guys that can sit in front of their board or sit in front of the computer and pull their position stacks up. And, and we just have those conversations, right? So um, that year, man, everyone had fifth and sixth round grades on Terry McLaurin going into the senior bowl. So um, and a lot of the reason, one of the big reasons why he was above some of the guys he was above for us was the special teams tape, man. He was a, he was a hell of a gunner. Like yeah. you put on the Ohio state special teams tape from 2018, whatever it was, I mean, Terry was, was hauling ass, you know, blowing stuff up and it was fun to watch. So, um, and that's where you could really see the speed. I think what he showed in mobile was the route running, you know, yeah. you didn't see him run that full route tree at Ohio state. Um, but I think, you know, he ended up going in the third. So he, he jumped two or three rounds. Right. So that's a that's a big jump, you know, from where from where the teams had him coming out of the fall was fifth or sixth. And then going to third, that's still a big jump. But when, it, you know, they're, they're, what I guess the point is their grades probably should have been in the third based off the tape. And he probably should have went in the first. So, uh, I, yeah. You know, when you're a team, you, you, you grade in the fall and you have your, your grade set. And regardless of how well a guy does in an all-star game, like you don't want to be jacking up your board that much, right? Like you don't yeah. want to, you don't want to be taking, you don't want to be taking a guy in the fifth round and putting him in the first. So um, yeah, Terry's one of our all-time favorite guys. Like you said, like him teaching up the coaching up the DBs and stuff. Like, yeah, I remember they, vividly. They, yeah. When they named him a captain, when, when Ron Rivera named him a captain, his second year in Washington, like that was, that was so fitting, man. It, Terry's a unique guy. I've said it over and over. Like, when he left Mobile, I said he could he could run a Fortune 500 company someday. Honestly, like not some rinky-dink company down here in Mobile, Alabama. Like he could run a Fortune 500. He's a, he's a he's a special human being. So, um, but but back to your original point, Rick. Yes, guys guys kind of slip through the cracks and it surprises us. Oh, uh, that's the beauty of the uh, NFL draft process. You know, uh, if we if we knew the secret sauce, right? We we. Uh be a millionaire a million times over you know i always say uh evaluations much like baseball if you bat 300 hey you're doing pretty good uh if you, get, <laughs> you know if you get up to 50 percent, well hey now now you're cooking but uh hey our conversation was cooking here jim I, I kept you a little overtime i apologize man i appreciate the time uh fresh out of the workout by the way so uh thank you so much for joining us here on the allaccessfootball.com platform I know you and I will be chatting uh, between now and the Senior Bowl, and I can't wait to get down to Mobile this year. Of course, SeniorBowl.com for all the tickets, information, itinerary. Anything else I'm missing, Jim? No, man. I you covered. I appreciate it. <laughs> Th thanks for having me on, Rick. And and uh, you do such great work. All the work that you Thank and Dave did at the NFLPA game was was awesome, man. You guys did a great job over the years. So uh, yeah, let's stay in touch. Can't wait to get you down here to Mobile here in a few months. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. All right. Rick Saratella, Jim Nagy here, allaccessfootball.com. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Rick Saratella Podcast Show.